following message is from North Place Church. For more information about North Place Church, visit northplacechurch.com. I'm just, a moment, I'm going to preach to you, and I'm actually going to co-teach today with a dear friend of mine, and, and I want to introduce them to you, and I want to be able to jump into the sermon and then allow Yuri to come and join me in a moment on the platform, but let me introduce some folks to you. Uh, tonight and all weekend, we will have with us some dear friends, Yuri and Kren Creel. They are pastors in South Africa. They actually have with them part of their staff team and elder team there in their church. Liesel and her daughter Mia is here, and her husband Hannes is actually in Austin and will be rejoining them on Monday. But uh, these people are gracious, wonderful people, and I want to just ask Yuri and Corinne, would you stand just for a moment so that the folks can greet you? Would you welcome Yuri and Corinne with us? God bless you. And Liesl's in the back with her daughter Mia, so she's kind of waving back there shyly. But uh, when you see them with a, another wonderful family, you'll know who that is. That's part of their team. Yuri and Corinne have been serving as a part of the Doxadeo family since 2008. And Doxadeo, you've heard me reference that in many of my trips to South Africa. They're a multi-site church with campuses all over their home country of South Africa, Europe, New Zealand, and most recently in Denver, Colorado. They serve over 30,000 constituents each week. And people always ask, what does doxa deo mean? Well, doxa means glory in the Greek, and deo means God in Latin. So you kind of get the glory of God. The Creels currently serve as the campus pastors of the doxa East campus in Pretoria, South Africa. And for those of you that have not been to South Africa, in some of the similar way, Dallas and Fort Worth are a metroplex, uh, Johannesburg and Pretoria are a metroplex and so the largest footprint of the Doxa family is in that home base area of the Johannesburg Pretoria uh, metroplex and that's not what they call it there but since we're from a metroplex that's what I'll call it theirs is the east campus in Pretoria it's the largest of their campuses there uh, leadership development has been a part of their life, their calling, their mission. Before becoming a part of the DOXA team, they led a, and founded, a co-founded a Bible college called Timothy Leadership Team. And there are many people that have come through that ministry training center that are serving in vocational ministry all over the world. Both Yuri and Corinne have a powerful teaching gift that has taken them around the world, and they've visited many, many countries. I believe this is the first time you've been to the U.S., right? First time to the U.S. They landed in New York yesterday, and they got to the real U.S. soil today when they made it to Texas. The Republic of Texas welcomes you officially to the United States of America. In a moment, Yuri is going to come share with you, join me in co-teaching as a part of our series. I believe that God's put something special in his heart in line with where we are as a church family. And I just I need to say publicly, when we go to South Africa, Yuri and Corinne are so gracious to us. Liesl, the entire DOXA team, has been so gracious to us, allowing us to minister in their pulpits. Recently, out in the bush of Africa, we preached to a 1,000 of their men at a men's conference, worked in staff leadership development with them on several of our trips. We've been to the orphanages many, many orphanages that they run, social agencies in the downtown area, getting people off of the streets, equipping them to work jobs, educating them. It's an amazing ministry, and these are amazing people, and they are gracious hosts. So I want you to join me in the next couple days of being gracious hosts to them as well. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about the greatest priority 
that a local church has, especially one that's as old as ours, 94 years old, we have to create, cultivate, and contend for a gospel-centered culture in our church. And over the last several weeks, that's what we have been doing, contending for the key ingredients that make us, us. And we have said that the easiest way to define culture is the way we do things around here. We've also said that an unhealthy culture is, 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 uh, is the death of an organization. It is toxic. It will literally suck the life. It will suck the vision and the plans and the dreams out of a family, out of a business, out of a church, out of any organizations. But a healthy culture is the environment that causes vision to flourish, plans to flourish, dreams to flourish. Culture is a powerful thing. Over the last 10 years, the pastors and elders of North Place Church have been intentional about creating our culture. Over the last couple weeks, we have addressed what it means to be a part of us, some of the key ingredients. We've talked about our commitment to generosity. We've talked about our commitment to living lives of courageous faith. We've talked about our commitment last week to being a culture of biblical balance that stands in stark contrast to a world that worships extremes. Today, I want to talk to us about our commitment to missional focus. A missionally focused church is more concerned with reaching the outsider than accommodating the insider. People who live missionally focused lives are willing to spend their lives doing whatever is necessary to bring people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I use the word spend intentionally. Missional people see their lives as currency that God can spend any way He sees fit to accomplish His purpose. As Jesus stated, the ultimate purpose of God in Matthew 9, I want you to listen to how He describes the ultimate purpose of God. This is the paraphrase in the message, Matthew 9, 10. Later, when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher acting cozy with crooks and riffraff? Jesus, overhearing, shot back. Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. A missionally focused church actively shares in Christ's mission to reach those outside our church rather than remain mired in self-focus of personal preferences and comfort. For church people who don't live their lives on mission. For Christians who don't expend themselves to bring people into relationship with Jesus, for them, church is simply a religious hobby. And if church is simply a hobby, let me be the first to tell you, church is a lame hobby. To many, church has become an institution. It's a civic organization like the Rotary or the Lions or the Kiwanis Club. It's a Boy Scouts for grown-ups. And the nostalgic American way of life in the Bible Belt, it's church. That's what people do in the Bible Belt. To others, 
It's a necessary sacrifice of time in order to appease the gods. It's coerced commitment. It's duty. It's obligation. If this is all there is to church, it's a terrible waste of time. If there is nothing supernatural going on below the surface here tonight among us, in you, in me, then what's the point? We stand for 25 minutes and sing songs that many of us don't know, give money that's already been committed to creditors, only to sit for another 40 minutes and let somebody tell us how to live our lives. If that's all there is to church, it is a terrible waste of time. If that's the way you view it, go fishing, play golf, go shopping, take a nap. Those are better hobbies than church. If church is just a hobby. Too often, those who don't know Christ watch our lives as Christ followers and they judge by our daily choices that our faith is not really that big of a deal. The discrepancy between our profession of faith on Sunday and our Monday through Friday lifestyle says to those that are watching, what I do in church on Saturday or Sunday is not really that important. If it was, it would change my life outside of the church. From the outside looking in, church does look like a lame hobby, and I will confess to you, it is. But church was never intended to be a hobby. Church was meant to be a gathering of place for people who are radically devoted to following Jesus and living their lives serving the mission He gave His life for. To be missionally minded, to the missionally minded, it's not just church, it's life. Look at how Jesus spent his life. Luke 2.49, he said to them, Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? That's why I came, to be about my father's business. And a few chapters later in Luke 19, he clarified what the father's business is. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. God is in the business of reconciling a lost world to himself. And scripture promises... If we stay in God's business, He will stay in our business. And as a 94-year-old church, we have to commit ourselves to be missionally focused because drift happens. As we grow, the more comfortable we become, the more God blesses us with, the easier it is for things to become about us. And we become inward focused and we forget all about the mission of why we are here in the first place. God is in the redemption business, redeeming broken lives for His glory. And if we stay in the redemption business, God will stay in our business. At North Place, we call those who have yet to discover a relationship with Jesus, we call them the sought. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells a parable, verse 12, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others and on the hills and go and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than the ninety-nine that, he, that didn't wander away. In the same way... It is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. The heart of the shepherd, the heart of our heavenly shepherd pursues those astray from Him. He seeks them. They are the sought. And if that's the way He views them, it should be the way His church, His people view them. Over the next few moments... 
Yuri is going to share with you in a more practical way. He's going to challenge you practically how to take your life and make it God's currency to be spent in a way that matters, that is significant to help your life go to a place it hasn't been and partner with God in bringing people into relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I'm convinced if when I talked, I sounded like Yuri, people would think I was a better preacher just because of the accent. Okay. Yuri, I want you to come one more time. Would you welcome Yuri to this pulpit today? Well, I reckon the correct thing to say at this point in time is I don't have an accent. You've got an accent. What a privilege to be with you guys, uh, Pastor Brian and, and the whole family there was such a blessing to us when they were in South Africa, and it's such a privilege to be with you today, to be here with the Church of God, and I'm so excited about this culture that you guys are establishing, and it, just as I was sitting there, I was reminded of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23, and it's not in the notes, but I, I want to read this over you prophetically as a church today. It says in the message paraphrase, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. Are you aware of the fact that you are that through which God fills Dallas with his presence? And may you take that this evening as we are together. May you receive that. I believe that what God wants to come and do tonight is, is something which I really trusted God for. When uh, Pastor Brian was with us uh, some time ago, he, he preached a word that was something of a, of a shift in the spirit. It, it moved things in our congregation. And I was really trusting God coming over here, and you get a lot of time to trust God on the long flight. Uh, by the way, if I forget my notes or doze off or stare into the distance, it's, about, it's around about two o'clock in the morning in South Africa right now. So my body's still kind of on that, you know, say if I snore, just wake me up. But, you know, uh, most of the time I get to talk in other people's sleep, but, you know, maybe tonight I get to speak in my own sleep. But the, the fact of the matter is that I've really been trusting God for something of a shift to happen in the church tonight. And I believe God showed me a picture. He actually reminded me of something. When, uh, when I was growing up in South Africa, um, I grew up with a couple of things. Now, I'm sure you grew up with some things. Maybe you remember some friends. Maybe you grew up with a particular city and you can remember how the city developed or you, you grew up with a pet and, and things developed as you were going along. But I remember growing up with a couple of trees. There was a day that we went to the nursery and we bought two trees exactly the same and we planted these two trees in the same day. Uh, I, I remember my discovery a couple of years later as I recognized that these two trees had the same seed. Their seed looked the same, their leaves looked the same, and they were exactly the same. But as I grew up, the one tree I outgrew. The other tree I didn't outgrow. In fact, it outgrew me several times, and it became so big that we used to play in it, and, and we would climb up in this tree. Both these trees had the same seed. They came from the same type of tree. They, they, they had the same bark, the same leaves. They had similar weather, similar circumstances. The only difference between these two trees is that the one was planted in the garden and the other one was planted in a pot. 
And I believe sometimes in life we end up being planted in pots, and these pots restrain us, and they, they keep us in, they keep us back from the fullness of what God has in mind for us. And what I believe what God wants to come and do tonight is He wants to come and break some of the pots, some of the mindsets, some of the worldviews, some of the perceptions of what it means to be church, of what it means to be human, that God wants to come and break open, and He wants to come and set you free. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. And I believe so much of our world is living life in a small way. They, they're wrapped up in a culture that is all about me, myself, and I. And all people are living for is their own gratification, their own satisfaction, their own happiness. And they've become stuck in the pot of this life. They've become stuck in a culture that is all about me, that is all about myself. And they're living lives in a small way. Now, I know when, when we come to church, we often listen and we think, oh, I wish this person was there to hear the word, or I wish that one heard it. But I, I, I want to just kind of turn a corner here and, and ask you to ask yourself this question for a moment. What are the pots that you're living in? What are the limitations that you've placed upon yourself? And, and when it comes to missional living, I think oftentimes we've, we've, we've belittled being a missionary, being on mission to something that you've got to go and do in a faraway country. I want to tell you that you are on God's mission in this community. God has placed you here with a purpose and an intent, and not only does God want to come and break the pots that's holding you back from living in the fullness that God has for you, I believe God wants to use you to go out into this community and to go and take these small lives and open it up. Oftentimes, we don't even know about all the limitations that we're living in. I understood this well um, when, I, uh, when I had an encounter with my grandfather's dog. Now, um, you've got to understand, I've got to teach you a little Afrikaans tonight in order to, to get this. Um, uh, my grandfather had a Doberman Pinscher. Okay, do you, do you guys know Doberman Pinschers? It's vicious, big, you know, it's, it's, it's real forceful dogs. But he didn't have the big one, okay? He had the miniature one. Have you seen the miniature ones? Okay, so you've got to change that mental picture around now. Okay, it's the miniature one. How can I explain a miniature Doberman Pinscher? Well, it's, it's a dog meeting a locust, okay? It's something of a combination of those two, small little body, small little legs. The only problem was that, that this little dog of his, he called it Krimmel, okay? Now, that's the Afrikaans word for the, for the night. Um, if ever uh, you have to fill in a form and somebody asks you how many languages do you speak, you can now add Afrikaans to the list, because you know the word krimmel, okay? Now, krimmel, it's got to have a r with it, okay? Krimmel, okay? So, krimmel is the Afrikaans word for a crumb, okay? So, he called his little dog little crumb. He loved little crumb um, because it was this little crumb. But he, because he loved crumb, he would always feed crumb, okay? So, so crumb eventually became more cake than crumb, okay? <laughs> now, 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 the thing with a Doberman Pinscher is when a Doberman Pinscher gets fat... The body gets fat, but the legs stay the same, okay? So, so now you've got a thick dough ball with a couple of toothpicks or something, you know? That, that's kind of how Krimmel or Cook ended up looking, you know, a little cake. And um, he, he lived in this very busy street. And so he had this dog, and he loved this dog, and he, he didn't want the dog to go into the street. 
And I remember visiting him and him opening up the gate for us to enter in. And as he opened the gate and, and, and we came in, I, I was afraid for the dog because the dog came running down. Okay, well, running would be a, uh, that would be misuse of the word. It was more like rolling down the road, okay? So here comes little, you know, crumbs running down the road. And he, he, he right where the gate is, I'm all worried that he's going to run out in front of a car. And just as he's about to pass by, he, he breaks and he stops dead right there where the gate is. And I can't believe that this dog just stops there. And I, I asked my granddad, but how on earth do you manage to get the dog to stop right there? So he starts explaining to me. He says, well, what he did was one day when the dog came running out, he always used to run out, and then my granddad had to stop the traffic and try and save his dog. So one day when he came out, he, he, he took some crackers, some fireworks, and just as he came to the point where the gate normally is, he threw the dog with his fireworks, and the dog had such a fright. Now, I, I realize that would probably be illegal in most countries, but it's long, long ago, and, and I'm sure Jesus and my grandfather is sorting this out in heaven. But crumbs would, would run up to that point, and never again would crumbs pass that point, because in his mind, he had an invisible barrier right there. How many invisible barriers are you stuck with? How many people have God led you to speak to? How many ways has God challenged you to live missionally, to live beyond the, the smallness of your thinking? But you've got these invisible barriers. And oftentimes with God, we do just that. We run up to that point and we've, we've made up our minds that we can't go any further. I want to tell you tonight is the night that God will break that barrier, that God can change your mind, that God can activate this culture of missional living in your midst and take you beyond. That's what Christ came to do. He didn't come to fence us in, but verse 13 says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly. Live expansively. God wants to come and open up your life. For too long, We've lived small, little lives, not representing the, the big God that we serve. We've gotten stuck into, into little existence, whereas God has called us to live out there, to step beyond the invisible barriers that is holding you back. And I believe God wants to come and activate something in us as we journey with Him tonight. Everybody has a favorite Bible character. Mine is, is Peter. Okay, now I, I, I don't like him for the obvious reasons. He's great preaching, everything that he did. I, I love Peter because he always made a mess of it, okay? But if you look at Peter's life, when he made a mess of it, along comes God, along comes the Holy Spirit, and he ends up doing something great. Now, one of my favorite stories is where, where Peter walks on the water. And, and it basically starts with Jesus feeding the 5,000, and when he feeds the 5,000, it's this incredible victory, and then he, he sends the disciples across the Sea of Galilee. He says, I'll meet you guys on the other side. Now, I, I don't know why, but they don't ask him how. They just say, well, we'll meet you there, probably thinking he'll take another boat. Um, the disciples then on the way over, it, it seems that way that whenever they're on the Sea of Galilee, a storm would arise, but once again, a storm would arise, and halfway across, as they're in the midst of the storm, bailing out the water, trying to keep the boat afloat, Jesus comes walking to them on the water. Now, if you've been in church for a while, you've, you've seen this in little uh, children's Bibles, and you've, you've kind of grown used to the idea, but can I just kind of 
ask you to think for a moment like a real person. Jesus comes to them walking on the water. Do you have any idea how weird that is? So here he comes walking on the water. In the midst of the storm, the disciples are bailing out the water. They obviously think it's a ghost. And, you know, the one's telling the other one that it's a ghost. And then Jesus says, relax, guys, it's just me. Okay, that's the Yuri... Yuri's paraphrased version of the Bible, but that's basically what he says. He says, peace to you. It's just me. And then Peter does the craziest thing. He says, Lord, if it is you, Matthew chapter 14, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, I don't know about you, and I haven't been at sea in a storm before in my life in a little boat trying to bail out water and staying afloat, but I'm pretty sure that the smartest thing is not to step out on the water. And yet Peter looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. You know the story. Jesus says, come. Peter steps out and he walks on the water. He walks over the storm. He looks at the wind and the waves and he sinks down and then Jesus grabs hold of him, pulls him back up and they're back in the boat and everybody arrives on the shore on the other side. Now you've heard the story, but I I wonder whether you've ever noticed that there's four different places where you might find yourself in the story. There's four different positions in the story and I'm going to quickly take a moment to just take you through these four different spots that you could be. The first spot is if those who lost the way. Do you know that while this was happening on the Sea of Galilee, there were some on the shore that had no idea what was happening. They had, they had no engagement. They, they didn't even realize it. They were, just, they were just out of it. And I want to tell you in your community, the same is true. There are those who are blissfully unaware of the wide expanse of life that God has for them, and they're living without any cognizance, without any knowing of that life. And I want to tell you, when we lose our heart for those who are far from God, we have lost the essence of God's mission on earth. May God reactivate in us a passion for those who are far from God. There are those that have just lost their way. The second grouping in the story is 11 that watched. There's 11 that watched the story. Do you know that there was 12 disciples on that boat? And when Jesus came walking across, there was only one that said, Lord, if it is you, let me come to you on the water. See, interesting about the disciples is that the disciples, for them, the boat was their pot. It was their place of safety. It was what they could control. In fact, the boat didn't represent any risk. And sometimes in life, we are exactly like that. We choose the route of least resistance. We don't want to risk anything. We live our safe little lives in the areas that we can control. Now, I haven't been in Texas very long, to be honest. I've been in Texas only for a couple of hours, and I would agree that it definitely is much more American than that other city up uh, by the coast that, I, that I've been to. But, but you know what I like about Texans is the little that I've seen is that you're a little like South Africans. You know, we, in South Africa, we play rugby, okay? Now, my heart is a little sore. We lost the semifinals of the World Cup just this morning while I was on the plane. I, I missed all of that. 
But uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is that, that we play rugby. We, we, we're out there. We take risks. Uh, somebody told me that you don't mess with Texas, then Texas will mess with you, okay? So I've been warned coming here that, that you guys are not on the back foot. You're not on the defensive. You're, 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 a, you're a group of people that, that takes on the fight, and I, I want to I tell you that I'm trusting God that he will ignite the fight in you, that we will take the risk to step out of the boat. Just imagine being one of the 11 arriving on the shore, having to ask Peter, how was it walking on water? I don't want to ask someone else how it was to step out of the boat. I want to be the one telling the story of how I risked it all and I obeyed God and he changed someone else's life. Don't you want to be the one stepping out rather than being one of the 11 stuck on the boat? A missional life is one that extends the invitation of Christ, the mission of Christ to others. That steps out of the boat. Third place where you could be is there was one person in the story in deep water. And this is the moment where Peter sank down deep into the waters and Jesus helped him out. And prophetically, as we were worshiping tonight, I sense that there are people here tonight that has tried before and failed. I particularly felt that there are people here in the service tonight that's tried new ventures, you've stepped out, you've, you, you've walked out in faith, you tried a new career, you tried a new business, you did some things that was a little out there, but it hasn't worked out the way you expected it to. And I want to tell you that even though you are sinking, if you were to cry out to him tonight, he would pick you up. I believe that there are some of us here tonight that, that's listening to this word about being a missional community and you're going, oh, I remember a time when I was passionate about Christ. I remember a time when I couldn't help but tell everybody about him. I want to tell you, there are greater days ahead. And no matter how you might feel as if you're sinking right now, if you were to cry out to him, he would pick you up and take you back. Have you ever wondered? Yeah, sure. Let's give God a hand. Have you ever wondered how Peter got back into the boat? Peter sinks down into the ocean, cries out to Jesus, and the next thing we read, they're back in the boat. How does that happen? Now, I've, I've thought about this a little bit. Now, I, I don't think Peter was a small guy. I don't, I don't know. When I think Peter, I think it was, you know, he was, he was uh, Peter. Okay, so I can't imagine that Jesus would pick up Peter like a baby and carry him back to the boat. I, I just can't see that. So how did Peter get back into the boat? He walked with Jesus. And I want to tell you, if you cry out to God, that same passion, that same impossible risking out there, big, wide, open, expansive life that God has in mind for you, if you are to cry out to Him, He'll pick you up and He'll put you back on the road, walking over the storm, conquering the impossible. See, that's the whole point of the story. The whole point of the story is the fourth place in the story, and that's the two that walked on water. God is filling this whole earth with His glory, and He's using His church to do that. Do you know that you are the body of Christ? You are the representation. You are the glory of God incarnate in this great nation. 
That is who you are. And you get to walk on the water with Him. You get to do it with Him. Every day you go to work, you go to work with him. You've got God inside. When you go to pick up your kids from school, you go pick them up with Him. When you speak to your neighbors, you have God inside. You are representing the King of kings and the Lord of lords in every environment that you find yourself in. Through you, His church, His body, He is filling this world with His glory. And may His glory cover this great nation and the corners of the earth as the waters cover the sea. When Jesus called out to Peter and he said, come, his words didn't come with instructions. It was simply the word, come. And what changed Peter's life is what can change your life tonight. Peter responded to his word, and he stepped out on the water. Are you going to respond to his word tonight? Are you going to react? And you know what? You, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what God has in mind for you. I don't know what he's calling you into. I don't know what pot, pot he's calling you out of, what limitations he's, he's, he's asking you to break free from. I don't know what that invisible wall is that you've been running into and saying up to here and no further. But can I tell you what? God wants to use you. God wants to take your life and do greater things through you. And he's standing out on the water. He's walked right into your storm. And he's calling you saying, come. Will you come? Will you respond to him tonight and step out of where you've been? Step out of that brokenness, even step out of that place of sinking deep. And will you walk on the water with him? Will you be his body, his missional community, his people on a mission in this great city? I want to challenge you tonight. I'm not going to ask you all to bow your heads, close your eyes. But I am going to ask you that if you want to respond to his voice tonight, if you know that you've been living within the bounds, you've been living within limitations, that is not from God, you've been living with a mindset that you want to break free from, if you know that God is calling you tonight to come, and maybe it's to your neighbors, maybe it's to your colleagues, maybe it's to your family. Maybe you just want to say tonight, God, I'll go wherever you send me, and I'll speak to, whoever you, you ask, to whomever you ask me to speak to. But God, I'm ready to respond to your word. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, if you want to respond tonight and say, Lord, here I am. I'm stepping out. I'm breaking out. I want to ask you to stand. Now, it might be tonight that you're standing alone. But it's okay. You're not responding to the rest of them. You are simply responding to God. That is tonight saying, come. One. Two. If you want to respond to God, 
on the count of three, would you stand? Three. God, as your calling come tonight, God, I thank you that there is a new mission. God, there is a greater strength. And I, Lord, I know that tonight there are some people here that, that's, got a, that's crying out to you from under the water, that's sinking down deep. And they want to say, Lord, I, 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 want, I want to get back on your mission. I want to get back on that direction that you have in mind for me. And Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for every individual that's responding to your voice tonight. God, I thank you that they're not the 11 stuck in the boat. But God, they're stepping out and they're saying, Lord, I'm ready to be on your mission. God, I'm ready to go where you tell me to go. I'm ready to do what you tell me to do. And God, would you come through their lives and change the world. Lord, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you that you've called this church to come and display the glory of God in this environment. And Lord, I want to say, will you shine bright? God, will you raise up a people, a missional people, a people on God's mission, proclaiming God's word and showing God's love to everyone in this community. And Lord, as they walk, may they walk over the storm. May they display the supernatural, the more than natural abilities of God. And Lord, may Dallas never be the same again because the church responded to your voice and stepped out of their boat. Lord, will you cause your kingdom to come as your will is done. May your name be glorified. Amen. Would you stand with me, all of you, please? I've asked Yuri to do something for me. He mentioned on the way over here tonight, just from the hotel, that God had put in his heart this burden. He mentioned it a moment ago prophetically for those that had stepped out of the boat and things didn't go the way you'd planned. You, you were courageous, you obeyed God, you did the unthinkable, it was a business, a ministry, something in your life, and now there's a, we have a statement in the U.S., once bitten, twice shy, you, you, you failed, or seeing that people around you failed, when he mentioned that, something resonated in my heart, I know that was in his heart today, and I really, really don't know how to do this, because I don't want to embarrass you. But I really feel that it was, a, it was a moment to seize before we do anything else. Somebody that's trusted God outside their comfort zone. And it didn't go right. And you're asking a lot of questions mm. right now. Yuri, I don't know mm. exactly what God's speaking mm. to you. But I know that those people are on your heart mm. today. Mm. And uh, he mentioned you. Obviously not by name, but he mentioned yeah. you as a category of people on our journey from the hotel to the building tonight. And when he spoke that prophetically, I just, God's calling somebody out tonight. Yeah. You know what I want to do? I just, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I believe it's a God moment. If that's you, would you just step out from where you are and come? Yeah. I just think God's speaking to you. It's a, it's a business. It's a ministry. It's something. It's just, come on. 
ask you to pray over them, but Corinne, would you join Yuri in praying for these people in just a moment? Would you pray over all of us collectively one more time, Yuri, with these people in mind? Mm. But then I just would love for you and Corinne to minister to these yeah. folks tonight. I know God dropped them in your heart on a long plane ride over. As God speaks to either of you, just be obedient to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that tonight you come and you're breaking the restrictions of failure through your word, God. Lord, I thank you that it is not over until you say it is over, God. Lord, I thank you that hope is not lost because you are hope, God. And I thank you, God, that tonight you restore hope. God, I thank you that tonight you're restoring passion. Lord, I thank you, God, that tonight you're taking off the restraints of past failures, Lord, and you are shaking it off and you are fulfilling hearts with a hope in God once more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I've been carrying this word in my heart for you guys since we got on the plane. Um, and there's a song that I've been listening to that I just can't get out of my mind. And it's, it's called Captain, Hillsong Empire's album. It's been out for a while. And so she sings a song and, and she says, Jesus, my captain, my soul's trusted Lord. Yeah. All my allegiance is rightfully yours. Yeah. My allegiance belongs to you no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on. And then she says, and if from this course you intend I depart, speak to the sails of my wondering heart. And that wondering heart is not a wondering in the sense of I wonder what's going to happen, but our hearts oftentimes wonder. They wonder off course. Our hearts lead us into spaces and little roads and it takes us to places that our hearts have not been intended to go and then david the psalmist speaks to his soul and he says to his soul oh my soul why are you so downcast within me trust in the lord for my allegiance is rightfully his and so i pray holy spirit that you would come right now in this moment and that you would speak to the sails of these wondering hearts Lord god Lord, we come yes, and we're Lord, all on the same wind, playing God. field when we, when we pray Thank that, Lord. You, we're Father. all equally God, in the same space of understanding what it is to be under mission, mm. under mission from you. And I pray, Lord, that whatever it is that sometimes comes and mm. keeps our hearts from being on course, set mm. on course with you, we come mm. against whatever those thoughts, mm. whatever those lies are. Mm. And we pray, Jesus, that you would speak to the sails of our wondering mm. hearts because we fully belong to you we are under your yes, mission lord. yes god and we say lord would you come and just realign yeah. the sails of our yeah. wondering hearts so that we can set sail thank you and god. we can stay on course yes lord. in jesus amen. name amen amen guys i really believe those of you that have responded tonight god spoke into all of us but i believe he had something you were the apple of his eye tonight I'm going to speak a blessing, ask Pastor Bear to keep the environment worshipful. And if you would like to, I've asked Yuri and Corinne if they would just spend some time ministering to you, praying for you tonight, uh, because they've God put that word in their hearts for you. Mm -hmm. And so you're welcome to spend some time here. We're going to uh, pray a 
benediction, keep the environment worshipful. You're welcome, those of you that would like to spend some time with Jesus tonight, to use this altar area to do just that, to be in his presence, spend some time with the Lord. Uh, Pastor Bear is going to lead us in worship, but I just felt it was important. Uh, they're tired, they've been traveling, but they've been gracious enough to act on the word God put in their heart. And if you guys want to stay for a moment, they'll pray with you. So, Father, will you bless them yeah. and keep them? Thank you. Will you let your hand, uh, face, and be, be turned their direction today, Lord? Let your countenance be turned their direction today. Be gracious to them, mm. Father. And I pray that you will give them peace, Lord. Will you empower us to live missional lives, mm. to walk outside of the boat and trust you, to do something out of the ordinary in the coming days, to take steps of faith, even if it didn't go so well the last time, we're going to trust you in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from North Place Church. Feel free to duplicate or to share this message. For more information about North Place Church, visit northplacechurch.com.